you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, taped live at the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. Of course, this is uh, uh, the final episode of our Dark Side of the Ring season three uh, 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 recaps and reviews. Uh, it's the the last two episodes of Dark Side Season 3. Uh, of course, we're talking about today XPW, the uh, the Rob Black-fronted outfit that uh, tried to fill the, uh, the, the the shoes of ECW once they went under and, and just sort of became ECW West Coast while they were still kind of around. And then, of course, the steroid trial of WWF and Vince McMahon uh, which concluded the season, an episode that you and I, both these episodes really were uh, were two of the episodes that really you and I were advocating for uh, from early on when we first started reviewing Dark Sides of the Ring episodes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could just start, I guess, with XPW. This obviously holds a bit of a special place in our heart in a weird way. I Here's what I don't want to do. Glorify XPW or Rob Black. That being said, being present in the scene at that time makes this episode a little bit special to us. Yeah, I haven't haven't experienced some of the events uh, uh, talked about in this episode and then living in Southern California during the time. I mean, uh, I was watching this episode. My wife was sitting on the couch and I can't uh, I can't recount how many times something happened. I was like, oh, I was there for that. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Even that that at the end, they uh, have that bit where the Messiah is doing that promo at a smaller event. I think it's one of the epic wrestling events. I'm looking through the crowd and it's like, because we went to a show in Santa Clarita, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was where doing, he was on there, dropped the promo. And I was like, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> I rewound is that the show it, we were at. I rewound it to see if that was the one we were at. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember there was that one that we went to. Where, because I guess I don't know if I had went to several of. Was it you, me, and Evald? We went to mm -hmm. a show, and Messiah was there, and somebody in the crowd said, "Thumb him in the eye," and he he got really pissed and started like trying to find out who said that. Yeah, you know, yeah. understandably so. The guy yeah. had his thumb yeah. taken off. Um, yeah. So so much of what happened in the XPW episode. We had we were hearing about like as it was happening, like I remember or experiencing firsthand or experiencing firsthand. Obviously, they talked about the Supreme getting lit on fire incident. We were at that show. Um, I think our friend, I think Evald went to the new Jack Vic Grimes show. That I sounds think he right. was there for that. That sounds right. And I think that was the final straw for him. To me, XPW, even at the young age of 20, whatever, even at that young age, I recognized ECW was special. This is a ripoff. This is it's a, it was a cynical ripoff of ECW. And even then, look, I understand that Paul Heyman 
was, by many accounts, a shady guy who sometimes wouldn't pay his people. But you always heard back then about how much of a motivator he was and how much people really liked to work with him. Rob Black was not that. Um, Even though towards the end of the episode, plenty of the wrestlers said, or a couple of them were like, yeah, I wouldn't take it back. I would do it all over again because of the memories we made. Well, generally in life, you want to get philosophical about things with the exception, with the exception of probably like war and stuff, abusive relationships, maybe the good times tend to win out when you, when you look back on the past, like I lived with you and Jeff back then. And half the time I hated you guys. But now when I look back on it, I remember the fun stuff and any of the bad stuff. I remember through the lens of comedy, you know, like, Oh, it was kind of funny how silly we were because we're a bunch of immature kids living together. Mm -hmm. But like, and so, yeah, you're going to have a lot of good memories. Um, it is interesting that I, I do appreciate that a lot of the actual wrestlers from then, like I love the, that they brought on um, uh, Chaos, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Joey Munoz, I think his name is, because mm-hmm. um, he's a really great storyteller, and he was one of the better wrestlers back then. Yeah, they yeah. put over Supreme big time, obviously. Yes. Uh, and I'm and 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 I thought uh, William Welch. I thought the Messiah was a hell of a storyteller, and and it, it it was very interesting to hear his side of things. Yeah, yeah, it was. It definitely was. And and you know the 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 two kind of uh, focal points of the episode was obviously the genesis of XPW, and 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 they touched upon the Supreme Incident then, but also I, they spent more time talking about xpw's invasion if you will of ecw so that was another show we were at it was the first and i believe only ecw pay-per-view on the west coast was Mm -hmm. at the olympic auditorium downtown la um we were sitting opposite of where the xpw contingent were sitting ringside Mm -hmm. remember early on i think it was you said i think those are the xpw guys over there because we're on the second level i think yeah, we were in the yeah. lower bowl. We were on the floor. We were in the lower right. bowl. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we had a good we had a good vantage point down. Yeah, and so we saw the yeah. whole thing. And even then, watching that, I'm like, yeah, I guess a publicity stunt, but yeah, this is it's kind of it's kind of a shitty thing to do, honestly. You at, know? The, at the time, it felt like even even at that young age, it wasn't like, oh, cool, these porno wrestlers are gonna. It there here here the thing for me was always this. I like porno just fine. When I was in my 20s, I probably liked it even more. I never wanted it to be combined with my wrestling. There is a time and place for the wrestling, <laughs> a time and place for the pornography. And I just, I was like, ah, oh, really good. Put that in there. There was something so cynical about the entire thing. Well, yeah. I mean, like in what XPW did is took the violence of ECW and salaciousness and salaciousness and turned it up mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Without the creative ideas behind it, the, you know, yeah, the stories I always remember were just like vehicles for the shocking. Um, exactly. And uh, and yeah, there was none of like the 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 character building, you know, back then. It was just like brute, like shock. It was the bare minimum to mm-hmm. to shock and to motivate matches. It felt like. And granted, after I saw Supreme get lit on fire after that show, I stopped paying attention mm-hmm. to XPW. Apart from just, okay, what have they done lately? You know, in terms yeah. of, of shocking wrestling uh, followers and fans. Although I do kind of semi remember the Messiah uh, leaving to to this astral plane. <laughs> 
to go to to go to yeah, some they, other yeah yeah that was they weird. showed that they showed that it was like okay well I mean, that's a way to handle the, his departure <laughs> um but even that show where supreme got lit on fire i had a bad feeling when we when we when we got there because yeah. it was the sandman's debut in xpw i believe i know i've said this before but they were selling autographed kendo sticks mm-hmm. yeah from the sandman so there was dozens of people in the stands with kendo sticks mm-hmm. i'm like oh my gosh yeah like if if this gets a little rowdy this can this can this could go bad yeah you could have people you know going going to town on each other with kendo sticks you know a little fight breaks out oh, or something yeah. yeah sure that's awful yeah um and even before the spot the fire spot supreme match i had never seen firsthand uh light tubes being used in about and mm-hmm. so there is and they showed this clip in 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 dark side where chaos and supreme are essentially lightsaber fighting with mm-hmm. with light tubes and they, they show the shot of when they actually meet and they break what they don't show you is there's a piece about that large that goes flying into the audience mm-hmm. thankfully it landed where no one was sitting yeah but I remember as soon as that thing broke off, I was following with my eyes. It went to my left. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was following that. Yeah. And and this felt like as soon as I walked into that show, I had to be on guard. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I didn't know was gonna, what was going to happen. And that's that's not a feeling I want when I go to a wrestling show. Yeah. I can understand why some people would be interested in that because I agree with you. I remember going there and thinking to myself, this could like just look into the setup. This could go off the rails really quickly. Like this could be this could be bad. We need to know where the exits are, um, and, and and knowing some of the backstory of some of the events in there, I think we were at the time underselling how badly things <laughs> could have gone. Where they forged insurance documents, oh, built that, scaffolds that weren't that they like they 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 told the the venue the scaffoldings be used for one thing, what is used for something else. That was that was sho- I'll be honest, that was shocking, because it's like. Yeah, you're in pornography, but you're a real company. Like you, you are a real company. Like you, you can't get the proper things together. You can't get your your shit together enough to like. It was just. It was so ramshackle. It was just an absolute mess. Um, and then yeah, the the insurance bid, the bit where he says, yeah, we we forged the insurance documents at like uh, at at, one, at this show. And I think was that the was that the New Jack Vic Grimes the yeah I believe it was the scaffolding show, like of yeah. all the shows to forge the insurance documents <laughs> like that one that was nuts it, I mean yeah, honestly it was nuts that it was always nuts that Vic Grimes survived that yeah. I mean it was absolutely nuts that he you know fortunately hit the ropes and bounced back I remember first watching the first time I watched that probably on like a little real player screen or something mm-hmm. and just being horrified at, at what mm-hmm. I was seeing. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it was interesting. And of course, we were, you know, I, I don't know, probably via SoCal Uncensored or something like that, found out about the Messiah attack. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it was on TV and everything, but I remember hearing about it before it was ever on America's Most Wanted. Oh, same. Yeah. I mean, it, it, one of the wrestling news, news sites we, we read back then, it got around pretty quick mm-hmm. um, in hearing about that. And I think it was roughly where, where that attack happened. It was roughly the neck of the woods where we were living at the time. It was. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it was, it was like, Oh wow. Something like that happened. And that happened basically in our backyard. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I remember watching it like, uh, cause it was on like, uh, whatever. I, I don't know if it was on KCAL nine or what station it was on. Well, I don't yeah, know. I don't, recall I don't think it was, as, I don't think it was, it was on public access, but maybe it was public access. I thought it was on like KCAL nine or something like that. Cause they were running ECW at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it was it was crazy. I mean, some of the things that I didn't know, um, I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure maybe I read about it somewhere along the way, but I didn't know that Rob Black was actually talking with Paul Heyman prior to XPW about bringing ECW yeah. out. Yeah, I did not know that either. I had not heard that, and XPW was basically uh, a way to get revenge of some sort on Paul Heyman. Like, hey, I don't need you because Paul Heyman mm-hmm. didn't need him because he got a TV deal. And he was like, well, I don't need you. I'm going to start my own thing, and if you come out here, we're already going to have a presence. And so ECW is going to be a non-factor because we're going to outdo you. Um mm-hmm. Some of the stories Which motivated the the XPW invasion at the, the ECW. Right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another. That was an interesting. That's one thing I actually never had heard was that their ring crew got beat up. I had not heard that. I I had heard that there was some sort of scuffle, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that the XPW stars that invaded were taken to like some other location while their ring crew, who was there also were taken to a separate place and apparently I'm mean, according to New Jack and a couple others they all got the the, the sheep the shit beaten out of them as opposed to attacking their their wrestlers which was an interesting way of doing and one it. and one thing the wrestlers they talked to noted was that Rob Black was supposed to be there yeah and then wasn't yeah and that was kind of interesting about the manipulation that was alleged of Rob Black when uh the Messiah came to him and he was the champion I remember him the Messiah the Messiah was like there were characters there that I thought were pretty well put together. Like I was I always liked the Messiah and the simplicity of that character, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a Jim mm-hmm. Jones type guy. But he just sort of looked like a, you know, a, a West Coast Tommy Dreamer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I always really liked the simplicity of that character. Uh, Supreme, obviously, you know, the deathmatch guy. But, you know, at a certain point, Messiah was like not into this anymore. I'm going to quit. And he says, okay, well, if you're going to quit, I'm going to quit. And the implication is all your friends are going to lose jobs because you decided to quit. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, that manipulation kept me around for a little while. And then, you know, the things, the, the stuff happened, the affair happened with Lizzie Borden. Um, and then one thing led to another and he lost a thumb. The recounting mm-hmm. of the thumb incident, man, I, that was pretty rough. You know, he goes to open a door and he's not, didn't have a thumb. So he's just clawing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was pretty rough. Uh, to hear about obviously I don't think we had ever heard like a firsthand uh, recounting of that but a lot of the details had gotten out I mm-hmm. I mean that was one of those things that I don't know was that wasn't mentioned in the show but I thought I remember reading that his idea was they were going after his his front area I thought that that was the I thought I read that somewhere but then they, yeah. apparently it was just a fumbled like they were just trying to I, were they? I mean, was the impl- in the episode was the implication they were trying to kill him, or was it trying to rough him up? Um, you know, I I, I don't know per se. It all seemed very clumsy. It did, it did, and and, and seemingly, you know, it, as as the Messiah recounts it, he was sitting playing video games, mm-hmm. his door open, he didn't think much of it. Mm-hmm. He saw the reflection of of two men in his TV behind them. Yeah, and then he tried to fight them off best he could. Um, eventually they pinned him down and they had a pair of clippers. So they were looking to clip something. They were looking to clip something. Yeah. Yeah. And they took his thumb. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, he managed to fight them off. Essentially, he fought them off till they got so exhausted they left. Yes. Yeah. They got gassed. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was the story that, that the Messiah told. Um, so, you know, there's and nothing in, in how he recounted it 
uh, illuminated what their their ultimate goal was. Yeah, yeah. Was it just to take a thumb, a finger, something else yeah. worse? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, he lost the thumb, which sucks. But <laughs> yeah, no kidding, he made out alive. So mm-hmm. yeah, and he, he passed out. I mean, God, if if he had passed out before they had left, like that could have been even worse. I guess. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, that that was I, I was kind of so I, w- I wasn't surprised that Rob Black wasn't interviewed. I mean, I I was sort of curious. I mean, I've looked up over the past couple of years just, you know, you get curious about stuff or some friendos ask us about XPW mm-hmm. because we've talked about it a lot on the show. And uh, and I've looked up, you know, what he's up to. And he's been relatively active in terms of like having his own podcast or something. But, you know, you listen to about for about 10 minutes and you're like, oh, yeah, this this guy hasn't changed like he's just the same you know he's he is what you think he is there's no irony Mm -hmm. there you know like no Mm -hmm. oh i've changed my ways and i see the light there's none of that so i'm not terribly shocked that he wasn't interviewed um the word honestly the worst bit for me it's it's one thing to go through all that you know the messiah getting his thumb cut off because he slept with another man's wife that's like a story that's told you can watch that every week on dateline you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that stuff isn't necessarily shy. What really bummed me out the most was uh, Luke Hawks, yes. uh, who's been on a couple episodes now of Dark Side because he's, yeah, had he's on the Canyon one. Yeah, the Canyon yeah. one. Yeah. And then uh, he was also he was on heels for a couple episodes. Um, and, and I know he's I know he's wrestled. It's just I've never really known much about the guy. And now I sort of, you know, feel like I, I, I do. I'd recognize him now. Um, well, he was a young wrestler back then. And he tells a story about how, you know, and, and this is the thing in ACW, too, is that everybody in the locker room thought you were less of a man if you put your hand up to get a chair shot. So they'd, it's always these unprotected chair shots. Well, at one week, he ends up eating a chair shot and he puts this instinctually puts his hand up. Well, that's trained to do. That's what they're trained to do. So Rob Black in the back gets pissed. And uh, Jerry Lynn goes to Luke and says, hey, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You did the right thing, you know. And so uh, the next week, uh, they do a spot where, and he didn't know this was going to happen, but he was handcuffed, and Supreme starts blasting him, blasting him in the head with the chair. And he says his skull got, he's pretty sure his skull got fractured. Yeah, you say he still had like a a indentation on his his skull. And that was horrifying because that dude could have died, like legitimately. I mean, I know Vic Grimes could have, any number, like we could have in the crowd. Um, yeah. Supreme could have, but yeah. like to be so horribly blatant and vindictive yeah. to send Supreme out there who deserves culpability, you know, he deserves the blame too for doing it. Definitely. Um, to go out there and, and legitimately try to end a guy's career, maybe, I don't know, and just blast him with these chair shots. That to me was the most sickening thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, burn a guy alive. What are you going to do about them? I mean, he's a deathmatch guy. He was signing up. He signed up for that spot. There's going to be risks involved. Try to take a guy's thumb because he slept with your wife. That's, that's just sort of odd, the odd twists of life, I guess. But, like, man, this poor dude is just trying to be a wrestler. And yeah. <laughs> and they, they they almost killed him. Yeah. Like, that to me, oddly, I don't know. Maybe I'm the wrong here. That to no, me no, was no. like crossing well, a line. I think part of it, too, is we're familiar with a lot of the other tales of XPW. That's true, too. That's totally true. And that's the first time I heard that story and and the callousness with which Rob Black seemingly treated a lot of his wrestlers. You know, given what we know about XPW, maybe not necessarily shocking because 
it, it just it does seem like he didn't really at a lot of levels didn't care. And I guess you know he cared yeah. about the show, but he didn't necessarily care about the talent per se. But to hear Luke talk about that and how much damage that did, mm-hmm. and he, all he was doing, he was just doing what he was taught to do. He put his hand up to protect himself, and then gets punished for it. I think that's why it was so ah. egregious to me is that you sleep with another guy's wife, you don't deserve to get your thumb taken at all. No, no. But you hear about that stuff a lot, right? Like, okay, the, you're, you're, there's going to be some consequences to that. You know, you got to be a little bit smarter. I, I don't can endorse it, you know, uh, appreciate it, condone it, nothing like that. And I had heard that story before. I've heard it 20 years, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, this poor dude was just doing what he's trained to do. He just was trying to be a wrestler. Yeah. He was just trying to be a wrestler. And then they send him out there, make him vulnerable, and do the one thing in pro wrestling you're not supposed to do, and that's violate the trust of your opponent. Yep. And that, to me, is the most sickening one of them all. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's to say that that brain damage you took isn't worse than having just four digits on a hand? So maybe it is actually worse. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that was that was particularly disgusting to me. At that point, I was it like, was, it oh, was. God, man, this guy is terrible. Um, so, yeah, that, it, was, it was interesting. It was, it was an interesting uh, look back on the past. And, and, and to flesh out messiah's story more because all i knew was that after the fact he did sort of drift from different i think he was in czw i think he was like cz one of the czw deathmatch champions or something like that or maybe that was supreme maybe that was somebody else but i uh i know that he went from uh, to a couple different promotions at the time and then i guess he had just retired and relatively recently i looked him up and it looks like he does have a very happy sort of suburban home life, yeah. you know. I mean, he was talking about now that, you know, his his life is is his family. Mm-hmm. It's his wife, it's his kids. Um, and yeah, he seems to found happiness mm-hmm. yeah. in that and and seemingly walked away from wrestling entirely. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, no, I thought that was it was a fun trip down uh down memory lane and a really bizarre trip down memory lane because uh, I remember yeah XPW was like oh cool what's this about it's like oh okay that's interesting um let's talk about the steroid trial oh so uh, going back Messiah was CZW champion in two thousand two okay but just not not their death match death match champion just the heavyweight champion oh he was actually their champion champion that's yeah cool. twice okay like wow. twice 2002 and 2004 what was his last match do you have is a cage match up there what do you have no there? i just have the 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 title lineage oh, of, oh okay okay uh, oh he won it twice in 2002 and again in 2004 oh wow that's but after cool. 2004 there's there's not much here i can see when he stopped it says here 2014 oh wow okay Oh. Well, he was he was scheduled to return to CZW in 2014, but then uh, he did he ended up not not doing it. Ah, okay. I think prior to that, 2011 was probably when he stopped wrestling. Oh wow, that was quite a spell afterwards. Yeah, so it was about ten years afterwards. Yeah, that's crazy. All stuff I, I, so yeah, I figured he'd be done by the mid aughts, but no, that's great. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. I would think so, but I mean, at the time, he was in his early 20s. He was you a know? young guy. Yeah, he was a young guy. So even if he retired at 33, you yeah, know, right, still a lot of life ahead of him. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard 
just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Yeah. Um, let's talk to steroid trial. Because if I remember correctly, when we talked to uh, Evan prior to season three, um, he was talking to us about them interviewing uh, uh, Vince WB's well WB's lawyer mm-hmm. in the steroid trial, Jerry McDevitt. It's pretty nuts to think, yeah, that he would sit down and pretty much tell the story, and and I was kind of prepared, given uh, the conversation we had with with Evan, uh, to be impressed by Jerry McDevitt. He is a damn impressive dude. He is. He really he's is. calm. Yeah. He's yeah. soft spoken. Yeah. He's highly intelligent. Yeah. He's confident without being arrogant. He's one of those scary lawyers, you know. Like, I've been around just a few, and it's like, oh, man, you could just, when you know the law inside out like that, when you have a mind like that, it's like, dude, you can kind of run this place. You know what I mean? Like, if you know the law, you can do whatever you fucking want. Um, And that's kind of what happened. He ran circles around the prosecution. And and one thing that this this episode illuminated for me, because I I wasn't well-versed in the case, Mm -hmm. you know, is that seemingly based on this, the government didn't have much. They yeah. pretty much had wrestlers who said, yeah, I use steroids. And they had seemingly a coerced statement from Zahorian, mm-hmm. the doctor who was selling steroids to the wrestlers that would link Vince to the distribution of said steroids. But McDevitt saw that they were keeping Zahorian in, in, in various prisons and in, in, in was, solitary confinement for nuts. 44 days Yeah, that was nuts. prior to putting Zahorian in front of the grand jury. And then at first he was like, no, I never had a conversation with Vince. So they threw him back mm-hmm. in solitary confinement and brought him back out and, and pretty much said, hey, uh, you know, we still have some charges that we could file against you. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind when you're like going out there. Selling to kids. Yeah. Selling yeah. steroids to kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep that in mind next time we ask you questions and that's where the statement about lincoln vince to to, to sahorian came about and it was all there in writing too so it's yeah. like all all uh, david had to do is like just go around and uh 
and read the statement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was kind of nuts. Like I, I, I understand why it was probably difficult to get anybody from the prosecution back then to go on record for the show. Um, but it was kind of striking just how like little they had and really like what their motivation for going after Vince would have been. I mean, was it just, it, it seemed, I guess you can sort of put the pieces together that it was kind of a, a, a PR stunt on behalf of the federal government to say, hey, we're serious about the war on steroids because mm-hmm. it was just sort of a thing over the past couple of years that they mm-hmm. that they made it illegal. Um, but uh, but and you know Vince McMahon obviously probably in their eyes an easy target because it's a, a an entertainment uh, uh, medium that's targeted towards kids that predominantly features these big jack dudes who uh, who who you know clearly at least at some point were on the roids. And then I, I, you know, part of it too is they already had the the the, the conviction on Zahorian prior to Vince's yeah. trial, and there was wrestlers who testified, or they they had already implicated receiving steroids from him. So mm-hmm. like, okay, we have numerous WWE wrestlers who uh, have either said yes, we've purchased, and I guess therefore implication used steroid from Zahorian, or or have been implicated, you know, outside the court, they didn't have to testify. Um, so all they need, I guess, in their eyes was one connection of Vince saying to Zahorian, get steroids from my wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And then there's the case. They never got, I mean, based on what we saw, there was never that link made, yeah. you know? And and then and Jerry McDevitt kind of towards the end, they tell the story about how he researched extensively. He wanted to know everything he could about steroids. Mm-hmm. And so there was one particularly strong steroid that the government says this isn't safe for human consumption. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in, in theory, because of that, it should be like really tightly controlled. Yeah. Um, and it ends up that was the steroid that a lot of wrestlers were getting. Mm-hmm. And and so he used that as an example of the FDA not doing their job yeah. in terms of saying, hey, this 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 steroid is supposed to be out of uh, circulation. People cannot it, yeah. be. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. Therefore, the regulatory process didn't work as they intend, intended. So. Essentially, he was implicating the FDA and these wrestlers using steroids, outlining the hypocrisy of yeah. it all. Yes. for the for yes. the jury. Yeah, um, no, that was that was very interesting. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, man, this guy, you know, uh, uh, getting Hogan out of testifying uh, uh, against uh, uh, Zahorian, mm-hmm. and uh, and then yeah, and then finding all that stuff. Like, obviously, he's an incredibly I mean, the, the great thing about this episode, too, I know John Pollock outlined this on Twitter. He says, man, you know, they really did do a stellar job condensing the steroid trial, mm-hmm. which is a massive thing, down into 44 minutes. Yeah. Um, I do feel like I got I, – I would, I would love to see a longer documentary, even like a series on this, because – each of the individual steps are are fascinating. Yes, you know, and extra- extrapolate each of the story beats into their own hour long, you know, uh, a series. I think could be really, really fascinating stuff. But you know, the, in the meantime, this this definitely does a good service to it. Yeah, 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 um, uh, yeah. The, it's it's just, yeah. Hearing how McDevitt got Hogan out of testifying in the Zahorian trial, you know, he was saying, well. Uh, Zahorian was helping Hogan with some legitimate medical issues. Mm-hmm, at least yeah. that was, you know, on file. So it would it would it would violate the patient doctor privilege to have him testify against him. So 
Hogan got out of testifying. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting seeing uh, Hogan go on Arsenio Hall and lie, and Vince apparently being upset about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, Vince just wanted him to go out there and tell the truth. But you know, from Hogan's perspective, you know, he probably thought, "Well, my character is predicated on saying your prayers, taking your vitamins, drinking your milk." Yeah. You know, uh, uh, injecting yourself with steroids isn't on that list. Doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah, <laughs> he was so. I love how he, he was using his shoot voice on Arsenio Hall too. Yeah, he yeah. was like, "Here's the thing, brother. Did this three times, Jack. It was all during rehab. Oh, I needed it all, brother. <laughs> I tore my bicep, brother. He was in that phase when he was he was getting off. Yeah, steroids, but he wasn't off. I mean, he he he, he was still. You know, when it, by the time he showed up in WCW at WrestleMania Nine, he looked completely different he literally looks like a different human being if you look at a picture of hulk hogan from 1985 and a picture of him from 1995 he literally looks like a completely different human being it's yes nuts yeah and his appearance in arsenio hall was somewhere in between all that Mm -hmm. so there's a little bit of of 85 hogan there but also he had slimmed (laughs) down to like 94 hogan it's funny to listen yeah bret hart's passage in his book talks about yeah he was all sunken in because he was off the roids (laughs) I saw him standing there. He was like a shell of a human being. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, uh, that. That was crazy. What was also kind of crazy was the fact that uh, the general consensus is Hogan's testimony got Vince off because Hogan's testimony was the big marquee, you know, a uh, feature attraction. And uh, and, you know, he he did not implicate implicate Vince. He says, hey, over gym buddies, you know, we would swap steroids sometimes, which, oh, God. Like all the all the recreations they do of like the parties where people are just injecting those gross me out. So I, I know it's I know. it's out of focus, but it grosses me out because they're like there's like women around and they're like, hey, here, put this in your butt. Well, it's like, thing, oh, it's out of focus, at least more of the imagination. I know. That's what makes it so horrifying. I know. I know. But uh, but yeah. And but Vince was pissed off that Hogan testified. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Hogan takes it and runs with it and says, you know, in the interview with uh one of the uh, PW Torch, one of the podcasts. Yeah, I think says, it was. Uh, I think it was PW Torch. Yeah, says, it was from uh, 2002, where he pretty much took credit for Vince not going to jail. Yeah, I prevented Vince from going to, to jail for 17 years. Um, but uh, no, it was. It was. I mean, you got to think them getting McDevitt is a huge get. But like, at, w- within 10 minutes of listening to this guy talk, you know, he's not going to put himself in a situation that he can't explain his way out of you know like he's this dude is thinking five steps ahead of any questions you might be asking yep Yep. um so uh so yeah that was it was definitely interesting to hear his point of view even 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 how he managed to get himself so there is there's a a bit in there where said hogan was scheduled to testify against uh vince uh or for the prosecution and and mcdevitt had represented hogan um, mm. In the Zahorian case, yeah. there was a, a conflict of interest there, yeah. so there was a worry that he, uh, he might have to recuse himself. And his plan is was simple but pretty brilliant. He hired a l- different lawyer, a former federal prosecutor, represent Vince. He just represented WWE. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's funny because so much of what he did just did seem very simplistic. Um, and maybe it's just in the way he explains things. But from you know getting Hogan out of testifying against Zahorian, well. He was, it was, you know, a doctor client privilege. Well, he doesn't, you know, that's mm-hmm. like legitimate stuff. And of course, that drove um, the fellow from uh, the the reporter. Oh God, what's his name? Uh, oh, uh, Phil Mushnick. Yeah, Phil Mushnick. 
drove him crazy because he was like, how would you know, how did he get out of that? It's like, well, the way he explained it is pretty simple and it mm-hmm. makes sense. And I could see mm-hmm. why he'd be out of it. Um, the, uh, uh, the I, I really wish and I know they, they only had 45 minutes, but one day on the Smash Zone, you and I enforcer, we need to watch that Donahue episode. Yes, because I've always wanted to watch that in its entirety and see this, uh, uh, just how awkward it gets. And, you know, when when uh, uh, the other the other reporter, the, the heftier guy says, some, oh, yeah, yeah, something about, uh, you know, testimony or, or it, it would destroy him. And and Meltzer's like, well, no, that's what you told me. And then, know. you know, Vince is basically caught in a lie on TV. Mm-hmm. And Vince just, like, rolls his eyes, like, oh, this is beneath me. I'm like, why do you put yourself in these situations, Vince? Like, you just end up yelling at everybody. I know. Whenever Vince is in an interview, he just ends up yelling at people. Yeah, I know. That's all he does. It, mm. I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Meltzer and Vince's relationship. Yeah. You know, it seems like back then, they talked a lot. Right? Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case now. Yeah. I would think. And like, so what led to those conversations? I think how we might have saw it. <laughs> Donnie, it, end, yes. like, it might have been that. It's yeah. like, man, I tell you this shit. I give you your scoops. And then you come on here on Donahue, the number one show in daytime talk or whatever it is. Yeah. Donahue yeah. was hot shit back in the day. It was. It was. Um, and then you, you freaking call me out. We might have actually seen uh, that happen live. The, the decimation mm-hmm. of their friendship. Um, but, uh, and of course, you know, when the, it all comes back, not guilty for Vince for the WWE also, um, it just emboldens Vince and it's like, from that point on, he's just insufferable <laughs> and yeah. he, he puts that in his Mr. McMahon character a couple of years later. And, uh, Stephanie, uh, uh, relates that was an interesting moment too. When Stephanie went out crying and McDevitt who really seemed to have a soft spot for her. You know, uh, goes and it's like after the the prosecution's closing statement, he said, "Well, mm-hmm. watch this. Watch what I'm going to do." And he goes, "He says, I, I haven't, I haven't talked yet." Yeah, is it? it it's down. fascinating. And, and McDevitt talks about at the end how it was a a, a bold strategy and end up working for him uh, that he didn't call a single single witness. Yeah, yeah, not a single one. Yeah, and he said, you know, hey, in the end, if if you know he he you know was not guilty, was acquitted, and you know because of the verdict went their way it seemed like a brilliant strategy but if it hadn't well that's mm-hmm. been, would have been the one thing everybody pointed at as yeah. the flawed strategy of the defense you didn't call a witness call a witnesses how do you expect to win mm-hmm. but if you're able to seemingly easily poke so many holes in the prosecution's case mm-hmm. because they haven't made the you know like firmly made the most important link yeah i mean they, they called nails yeah, the they, I was just about did. to say that. They thought that Nails was going to be like a slam dunk right there. And it's like, yeah. I love that they bring up, no, this guy, he was, he was covered up the entire time. Like, what? he has no uh, uh, no credibility there. And he's a disgruntled former employee. Didn't they, mm-hmm. I'm, they should have wheeled in the Bret Hart shoot interview from 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was shrieking like a woman. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then my, my favorite bit, though, was and I'm I'm really curious because as soon as I saw it I was like, that's bullshit. When McDevitt talks about learning about the indictments, mm-hmm. him and Vince walk into a restaurant, oh, yeah. and yeah. on the news that they get the it, it happens there. You know, Vince McMahon and the WWF have been indicted, eight yeah. counts or whatever, nine counts or whatever on a state conspiracy to distribute steroids. And he's like, and everybody in the restaurant started, Vince, 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 Vince. And they're like, you go get him, Vince. And I'm like, that didn't happen. What fucking restaurant is that? 
where everybody's like, oh, yeah, go get it, Vince. And the whole place starts cheering. Is there is there a restaurant in Titan Towers? Yeah, right. I know. Exactly. Was this restaurant just like takeout in Vince's office? Was this around the corner in Stanford from Titan Towers? <laughs> Was this WWF New York? Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> maybe it would have happened there. Uh, and then uh, and then the last bit when uh, th- th- that I totally believe is when McDevitt, they're celebrating afterwards at a bar, and he's like, hey, you could take the neck brace off, and Vince takes it off and starts throwing around. And then the good lawyer he is, McDevitt, says, you know, but then he put it back on. I don't want you to think that he wasn't actually hurt. Get out of here. He took that thing off and threw it in the trash, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, because you could definitely definitely tell when the lawyer started peeking out of the McDevitt stuff. But uh, as far as lawyers, like JR said, man, he's he's the guy that you want. I am, Mm -hmm. there wasn't... I wonder how extensively if they sort of got that JR clip maybe while they were filming, maybe I, I'm assuming maybe if they have questions for JR for like an episode, they add the other episodes in that session. Oh, so yeah, they don't yeah, have to yeah. keep on bringing them back, but Obviously, it would, yeah. it would have been a bit more. It could have been interesting. I, I'm curious what JR bits were on the cutting room floor about yeah. the steroid trial because from his perspective that could have been very interesting as well yeah and it's interesting the things they didn't necessarily touch on you know the 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 reports that jerry jarrett you know had vince been convicted would well, have taken plan, over yeah 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 the plan you know that that, that was supposedly uh, implemented um you know if vince had been convicted and had to go to jail mm-hmm, yeah you know how the wwf would have continued or could have continued i wonder if i wonder if that was addressed because he did say it never once crossed my mind to think about losing. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if I wonder if maybe they did ask and it was a non-answer. You know, it was like we never thought about losing, so there was never a plan really in place. And also uh they didn't really have anybody uh maybe the exception of JR who was interviewed, who was with mm-hmm. the company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When that was happened, that was, would have been, you know, amongst the the, the leadership. Jr. was you know, there in '93, wasn't he? Yeah, he was there for WrestleMania nine. nine. Okay. But I don't know if at that point he was head of talent relations or anything. Yeah, you know right, I mean? right, right. Because I think you know, that I was like if, his first WrestleMania that he did. Was yeah, nine. I think so. I don't know if he'd been privy to the conversations sure. about, oh, what are we going to do if Vince goes to jail? I mean, you know? yeah. I mean, obviously they weren't. You know, they got McDevitt, but they were going to put Bruce Pritchard there. Um, who has actually talked quite a lot about the atmosphere um, mm-hmm. in terms of the steroid trial, if not the specifics about it. But, I mean, I think I think he's gone into specifics as much as he could in, on his own podcast because mm-hmm. um, they obviously cover, you know, Conrad loves talking about the 94, 95 days. And, of course, that's right in the thick of the steroid trial and right after the steroid trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, he has he has talked quite a bit about it. But it would have been interesting to get, I agree, some some other perspectives um, or bring Hogan in or whatever. But, I mean, you know, Hogan sort of in the in the podcast interview sort of said, I guess, as much as he could. And, and honestly, for my money, more McDevitt, better. You know, yeah. I thought that he was he was a pretty fascinating character. And yeah. And to hear him even to this day, sort of the back and forth jousting with the reporters, you know, uh, with the journalists was also interesting how some things just don't change. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the one guy claiming that uh, men showed up at his mom's house or at his house, rather, his mom was staying at. Um, he was saying that's ridiculous. You know that he's not important enough to do that. Yeah, um, yeah that that was still you know some some philosophies never change. I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, uh, Mushnick was talking about how, you know, he was being investigated by the defense, by, and, you know, from his perspective. And, and, and he sat down having a drink a beer with somebody. Yeah. With one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. So, I don't know. They haven't said anything about a season four. I don't think. I'm, I'm sure we'd probably get that info, you know, whenever it's it's approved. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think, uh, given the popularity of it, that they would do another one. Um, yeah. And Lord knows there's plenty of subjects out there. We should make yes. public. I know we did one specifically for Friendo Club TV. We should, like, mm-hmm. make that public. I don't know. Or we could do or a, a more a more fleshed out version of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could totally do that. Um. Uh. Yes. Uh, ideas for season four because we did that for Friendo Club TV members available. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Or if you're a YouTube channel member, you can just click join. Uh. Or of course, uh, if you're a Twitch sub, it might be available there for you. I'm not sure exactly if that stuck around or not. But certainly on the Patreon, five dollars mm-hmm. a month. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We only did it a couple months ago. Uh. So that's gonna do it for our recap of season three of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Hopefully have a good weekend till next time. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. The Angie's list, you know, and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's list is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.